you have a Bible with you, uh, turn with me to Luke chapter 10. So we're starting a new series today called Home for the Holidays. Uh, this will actually be the last series that we do this year, um, which is hard to believe that this year has gone by so fast, but at the same time, it's like, how are we not done with this year yet? You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's just like this week has lasted forever, but at the same time it went by so quick. Um, we're starting the new series called Home for the Holidays, and for these last two months of the year, it's like a sprint. It, it goes by so quick, it seems like every single year, and it doesn't seem to last long enough. Doesn't, we don't have enough time with our families on the holidays. We don't seem to have enough time, and it, things just go so quick. And people who live away from home, they have to travel back home, back to their childhood home. Uh, for the longest time before I moved back home to Pool, we would travel from all the way up in, in the mission field of Oakland City, Indiana, and have to drive all the way to the promised land in Kentucky to make sure that we could come home for the holidays. And so I remember those drives in my childhood, you going back home for the holidays. But things can get busy really fast. Making travel arrangements if you live farther away or even just down the road, planning family dinners, fa planning family gatherings. Uh, and when the family continues to get bigger, it's picking and choosing which side of the family you go to. That's where Chloe and I are at right now. We're trying to figure out because we have two conflicting ones this year, and we're trying to figure out which one we actually go to. And that with balancing work and kids' schedules and programs and your potentially non-existent uh, social life with your friends and uh, Black Friday shopping, decorating for Christmas, preparing food to bring, and the list goes on and on and on. And there's all of these responsibilities that we have during the holidays. And even though the holidays are some of the best times of the year, oftentimes the holidays can bring a lot of stress and anxiety and worry because we want things to be perfect. We want it to be just like it was when we were a kid, magical. We want it to be like that, and we want to be happy, and we want to have peace, and we get that, but at times it's a little bit stressful. You get a little bit anxious because... As I'm learning as an adult, sometimes you got to worry about your finances, making sure that you have enough for, for the gifts that you desire to give to people. And then you, you know, with taxes and inflation this year, it's even worse. It's like, I don't know if I have enough to, to give. Like, I want to give this amount, but I don't think I can afford this amount anymore. Right, So finances can bring a lot of stress. There's a lot of stress managing time with your family and trying not to disappoint people. Maybe there's relational stresses within your family where there's a family member that hurts you, that wronged you, or is just downright annoying all the time. And you know that when you go to the family gathering, you're going to see them and they're going to come right up to you. No one else, just up to you, and they're going to annoy you. And so there's some stress with that, and maybe even you have family members that have unrealistic expectations of you, and there's a lot of stress that can come with that. Maybe for some of you, you're, you get kind of stressed thinking that you might forget something. You might forget something that is important 
that you need to bring with you. You see, the holiday season can come with a lot of stress in the middle of all of the joy that it brings. And what I hope from this series that you get is just a moment for you to slow down, to breathe, and to know that Christ is with you. I want you to to have a reminder that this final sprint of the year, not only just here in this church building, but out in your lives every single day, taking time to slow down, making time to be with God and focus on what really matters. So in Luke chapter 10, we find this familiar story of Martha and Jesus at Martha's house. And so starting in verse 38 of Luke chapter 10, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that he made. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father and gracious God, we thank you for this day. Lord, speak to us as you've spoken to me this week. Speak to us this message that you have prepared for me to give to this church. Lord, I pray that we, we remember to take small moments with you and that we slow down in the midst of all of the chaos that can come with the holidays. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So when I, at grown up, uh, since I lived in Oakland City, um, uh, coming home for the holidays meant that I have to pack some stuff with me. Most of the time when I packed stuff, it was a change of clothes because I'd come with nice clothes and then I'd want to change out of them so I could get dirty and, you know, play in them. And so when I think about coming home for the holidays, there are things that you have to bring. In my family, we usually supplied some sort of dish, and so we had to remember to make the dish and then bring the dish with us. But maybe it's a change of clothes, or maybe it's a suitcase if you live miles and miles away and you have to use a plane to get home for the holidays. There's uh, a suitcase. Maybe it's your crock pot full of green beans or your special dish. There's the gifts that you give out during Christmas, and you know I guess the kids can come along too. But basically... Before we leave, we have to pack our bags. We have to bring stuff with us so that we can go. Meaning that we decide what we're bringing with us. And the reason that we do that is so we don't have to turn around and go back to our home to make sure that, to go pick up something that we forgot. Because if we're honest, we've all done that. Probably. Uh, I mean, I'm making assumptions, but I've done it so many times, even to the point to where I forgot the keys in the house, like when I left. And so, you know, you don't want to go back and make a bunch of trips when you can just make one. And one of the most relatable things when we leave the home for the holidays or just any time is that moment when you're sitting in your car and you're like, what did I forget? I feel like I forgot something. Uh, the other day, I'm going to tell on myself, 
I wasn't going to. I'm going to tell them myself because it's coming to me and I just feel led to, to make you guys laugh. So we were at the parsonage and I, Megan knows this story because they're our neighbors. So I left the house and immediately when I shut the door, I'm like, I forgot something. It was like the whole time we're going through the house, making sure that we have everything. I closed the door and I'm like, I forgot something. Chloe's already walking to the truck. I turn around and I don't have my keys in my pocket. And so I just start laughing because that's what I do under stress. I laugh about it because it makes me feel better and makes no one else feel better, but it makes me feel better. So I do it. So I, I, I reach for my keys. They're not there. And I'm like, surely Chloe brought her keys with her. So I said, hey, Chloe, can you come unlock the door so I can grab my keys? And she turned around so quick and said, what? <laughs> and I, can I, can you come just unlock the door? I know I forgot the keys inside. Just unlock them because I like to have my keys with me. I didn't bring my keys. You always bring your keys. So a little bit later, if you're driving on 41A and you saw my wife climbing into the side window to get into our house, that's why um, we were not breaking in. Well, we kind of were, but it was, our, it, was, it was the house that we live in. But there's always that moment. Did I forget something? It happens to me all the time. I'll be driving somewhere, usually when I'm halfway there. I'll be like, oh, I forgot that thing, right? And so when I'm thinking about that, I, I, I'm reminded of this holiday classic movie that I watched as a kid, Home Alone. How many of you have watched Home Alone before? Every single holiday throughout my childhood, we would watch Home Alone an unhealthy amount of times. But we watched it all the time. And uh, we're, when you think about the movie Home Alone and us starting this series, packing our bags, that's exactly what they did in one of the opening scenes. They're all packing their bags. They're running around trying to get everything situated and it's just pure chaos right you kind of watch it and you feel better about your life because it's a little bit more organized than theirs but it's it's just pure chaos everyone's throwing things in, in their suitcases and closing them up because they're what late for their plane they're late to leaving for their plane and so i i remember just because we watched it so many times them all like leaving the house and getting in the van and and drive into the airport, and then it has like that, that classic music when it's like everything's trying to be sped up. So they're, they're sprinting through the airport, and they finally get to the gate just in time. They give them the tickets. They load up the plane. They have all their stuff. Some of the kids are already playing their video games. They're sleeping. They're already getting comfortable. They're up in the air. And the mom looks to the dad and says, I feel like we forgot something. Now I'm paraphrasing, but I feel like I forgot something. And the dad was like, well, what do you think? Did we close the garage door? Like, yes, I closed the garage door. Did we lock all of our doors? Yeah, we locked all of our doors. And she just kind of thinks about it, says a few things. And then the classic moment that happens in every Home Alone movie, it's always the mom. Kevin! Right? And, and... In that moment, she realized that she forgot one thing, her own son. She forgot her son at home. 
And so from the perspective of the mom, the whole movie is surrounded, if you're just looking at the mom's story, is her trying to find her way back home for her son so she can be with her son on the holidays. And so as I think about that and how relatable that is, all of the tasks were completed, but she still forgot one thing, the one thing that mattered most. And so when I think about that, I think about this story. I'm going to try and connect it the best I can. So in this story, Martha and Mary hear that Jesus is coming to town. And so because of their Jewish tradition, they wanted to be hospitable to Jesus. And so Martha is going around doing all of the tasks that are necessary for success, for a, a good, hospitable environment. Martha's running around. There. She's cleaning all the dishes. She's folding all the laundry. She's cooking all of the meals. She's sweeping the floor. She's doing everything. And Jesus arrives, and she continues to do these things because they're necessary. It's part of her responsibility. And when I think about this, I imagine that music in the back of my head from Home Alone where she's just running around the entire house trying to make sure every, everything is straight and organized and ready. And as she's in the, the heat of all of it, where she's running around, she sees Mary just sitting there. Now, we know that she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, but we just see her sitting there. And so as she's sitting there, Martha is like, Jesus, listen, I'm doing everything by myself. Can you just tell her to help me? Can you just tell her to help me? And it's not that Martha was doing anything wrong. Because she was doing exactly what she had been taught her entire life. When someone comes, whether it's Jesus or the person down the road who doesn't have any money or clothes, whatever, whoever comes, you have to be hospitable. And these are the things that you get done to be a good host. And so Martha, all she is trying to do is be a good host. And so it's not that she did anything wrong. It's the way that she prioritized her list of things to do. And so this is where Jesus comes in and he tells Martha what's really important. Well, it's really important is spending time with him. Jesus is like, I, I know you have all these responsibilities. I know you have all these things. I see you running around, but what you really need to do is just sit with me and be with me and talk to me and listen to me. And so in the midst of all of our responsibilities that we have during the holidays and, and just our day-to-day -day life, all of the chaos and busyness of the holiday season, spending time with Jesus is our top priority, or at least it should be. And so what you pack your bags with each and every day is how you're going to end that day. It's how you're going to view how that day was. For Martha... She packed her bags with hospitality and responsibility. And if she had time for Jesus, then she would add him in. But responsibility and hospitality were her two priorities for that day. And that's why she was running around. And that's why she was getting frustrated because Mary wasn't on the same page as her. But what happened to Martha when she said, when she woke up that morning, heard that Jesus was coming and was like, okay, hospitality, responsibilities, 
That's what I'm focused on. It left her anxious. It left her worried. And it made her feel like no one was there helping her. Right? Mary, on the other hand, packed her bags, heard Jesus was coming, and said, I'm going to spend as much time with him as possible. And so she packed her bags with Christ first, knowing that the responsibilities and the hospitality would follow that, but she wanted to first be with Christ. And the end of her day, she saw, I got to spend time with Christ. Whereas Martha, she would have ended her day, I got all of the responsibilities and the tasks done. But Martha forgot the most important thing. Where the mom in Home Alone forgot her son, Martha forgot Jesus. She forgot to just spend time with him. And so this really comes down to our time management. And I know that's not what you wanted, probably not what you wanted to hear today. But the way that we manage our time depends on how we end that day. If it's all about our responsibilities and tasks, we may feel accomplished or we may feel like a failure. If we got everything done that was on our list of things that we needed to do, then we feel accomplished. We got everything done, maybe with some time to spare. But if we're focused on, I'm going to spend time with Christ, and then the responsibilities will follow, then our day ends with, I got to spend a lot of time with my Lord and my Savior. And I got some things done that were necessary. But what I see in our generation, and I've dealt with this uh, even in my own life, and when I say our generation, I'm, you know, I know I'm not just talking to, to my generation, it's all of us in the room. There tends to be with certain people a problem with managing our time. And managing our time is so important because if we don't manage it, it will manage us. Oftentimes what I found uh, in my life, when I wasn't very good at managing my time, there were times where I was on the ball and, and I knew exactly and, and I was getting so much done. But there's been other times where I got barely anything done. But when I was managing my time well, I made sure that I spent time with Christ first. I made sure that the responsibilities that were needed and necessary for the day were done. And that's where a lot of us, we, we kind of fail and we, we fall short in time management, is that we think of all these things that we need to do, but some of them don't need to be done today. But we try to fit it in today. And when we try to fit everything that we're supposed to be doing in a week into one day, we're stressed, we're anxious, we're worried. Because if it's not done today, then it's never going to get done because I have this thing on Tuesday and I have this thing on Wednesday and I have this thing on Thursday. And, and you see how instantly some of you might even start being feeling stressed. You're like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Time management is so important, but it's also important to see what's important for today. There's a lot of times in my life that I've experienced where I, I have these lists of things, and I get them all done sometimes, but then there's other times where I have a long list of things that really should take me a week, but I'm trying to fit it and cram it into one day so I can get done with all of it, 
and either the quality of my work is poor or I realized at the end of the day that I didn't get something done that needed to be done that day. And I got a lot of things done that should have been done later in the week. And so when we manage our time, we have to manage it with Christ in mind. It's not just about being super productive and extra productive about everything that you go and do. It's making sure that you prioritize time with God because Jesus himself says that's the most important thing. What does he say? Martha, you're worried about so many things. What you need to focus on is one thing, and that's me. And so some of you probably haven't been getting enough rest either. I'm just, I'm willing to say that because I know that there's people in here that aren't resting like they should be. Not that I know you by name, I just have that feeling, okay? So it's not like I'm pointing anyone out. Like I'm... And so today, when you had that extra hour of sleep, probably felt really good. I know for me, right, I'll throw myself under the bus. I don't get enough rest half the time. And so for me, this extra hour of sleep, 5 a.m. is when I typically wake up. 5 a.m. today felt different than 5 a.m. yesterday. And it's because I got that extra hour of sleep, and it was nice. And if you're anything like me, you're wishing that you had an extra hour of sleep every single day of your life, right? That probably means that you're not resting like you should be. And when I say resting, I don't mean sleeping. Sleeping is part of resting, but resting is doing something that you enjoy that doesn't require a lot of effort, and it takes your mind off of things. I know for, for some of them on this side, it's fishing. You go fishing, and it's a stress reliever. You're, you're doing something that relieves your stress. You're resting. You're doing something, but you're resting in it. And so uh, as I kind of close out today, it'll be a little bit of a quicker sermon, I think. I, I didn't start my timer, so I don't know where I'm at. But I have a few essentials for you to take with you, not just today and this week, but throughout the rest of your days. We'll be talking about these essentials. This is kind of the foundational sermon for the series. These are the essential things that you need to take with you through this series. And what these essential things are going to do is help you to feel more thankful for your life. They're going to help you be less stressed and anxious about your life and about the situations that life is throwing at you. And it's going to connect you closer to God. So here's the essentials. They're very basic, and you know them. This is a reminder. Number one, your attention on God and everything. The first essential thing that you need to have a life that's worth living is your attention on God. So when we talk about your attention on God, we're talking about worship, we're talking about Bible study, we're talking about prayer, we're talking about just looking at God through every single situation that you're going through. If you're going through a stressful situation, find God in it. Uh, there's... There's a pastor that not too long ago, he kind of brought up this thing. He was bringing up different questions that Jesus asked. And um, one of the questions that he said is a poor question is when we say, why are you doing this to me, God? And it's a poor question because a better question is, where are you at in this? 
help me find you because if God is is putting something in your in your path then he's trying to guide you to see him if satan is putting something in your path god will be present in it so that you can get through it and so instead of asking god why are all of these things happening why is it so stressful why am i so anxious why are all these responsibilities mine why can't say god where are you at in this and how do you do this? Two very simple things that you can take with you, a Bible and a journal, or you can journal in your Bible. The reason for this is people who read their Bible more, and I, I didn't write down the statistics, but they're, they're so much more likely to feel less anxious, less worried, less stressed, they're less likely to fall into temptations. They are more likely to share the gospel with people if you just read your Bible. Now, I want to challenge you a little bit further because I, I'm guilty of this too. And, and I read these stats and, and I read a few things, a few articles, and I felt convicted for myself is that I haven't been preaching from a physical Bible for a while. And so this past week, all of my studies have been out of this Bible or one of my study Bibles on the shelf instead of on my, my program. Now, I still write it on my, write my sermon notes on everything. I still read some commentaries on there. But as far as like reading the physical words that are on these pages, I read it from a physical Bible. And so I want to challenge you because I know all of us, we, we can easily, if we have a smartphone, we can get the Bible app on our phone and have the Bible wherever we go. It's in my pocket right now. But the problem with having it is that we're so easily distracted by our phones. And, and when we're reading the Bible, what always happens? Satan has someone send a text message. That doesn't mean that person is from Satan, okay? But he comes in to try to distract us from our responsibilities. He, he uses us and says, well, if you don't answer that right now, then you're going to feel guilty because you're going to forget about it. And then once you see it, then you're going to feel guilty and, and you're going to have to apologize. And instead of going through all of that, just answer the text now. You can get back to the Bible later. And then we answer the text and then what happens? We forget what we were even doing. Put the phone back on our pocket and we forgot to spend time in God's word. What's unique about this ancient technology called paper is that there's not notifications on here. You put your phone away and you sit in a room and you just read from the pages. You're not going to see those texts come through. You'll find them later. In fact, all of the notifications will be on your home screen when you leave. It's harder to get distracted when you're reading God's word. Now you can, you can get distracted. It's not that this just eliminates all distractions, but it's harder when you're doing it here. And so I want to challenge you this week and through the rest of the series is find a physical Bible. If you don't own one, there's some in the pews for you. Take one with you. But find your physical Bible. Do all of your study in the pages. One of the things, too, and I, and I said journal, is uh, I know they make journaling Bibles. I think that is a great resource. 
because writing in your Bible means that when you flip back to a page, you see your notes from how a sermon affected you earlier that year, earlier in your life, years and years ago. Another pastor that I I talked to, he had said this in one of his sermons. He said, the importance of having a journal with you during a message and, and to actually take notes is because sometimes sermons don't affect you today because they're meant to prepare you for a season ahead. Sometimes you walk in here and you're like, well, that was the worst sermon I've ever heard in my life. But if you would have taken notes and read it two years from now in the next season of your life and you had your Bible and you opened up your Bible and you saw the notes from that sermon, maybe that sermon wasn't meant for today, but it was meant for years ahead. And so I I also encourage you to start and make it a habit to bring a journal, to bring a journaling Bible, or at least bring a physical Bible with you and write some notes in it. Because when you start to do that, you'll start to see not only where God has taken you from where you've been to where you are now, but he will help you in your future, in the next season of your life. And so those two things, next two things, or yeah, we've, we've done three. Okay, we're at number, number two of my bigger picture thing, planned time with God. Take this essential with you, planned time with God. This goes back to managing time, making sure that we're managing our time well and focusing on God at a specific time. Now, this can be very much ritualistic. It can become a tradition, and those are fine. Just as long as you know that you're not doing it to complete your task, but instead you're coming to approach the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so make sure that you plan time to slow down, to breathe, and to study God's word and to pray and listen to him. And lastly, this is the the biggest essential, rest. Just rest. Rest in him. Rest doing an activity that you enjoy, but you have to rest. There's a reason that God created us with the desire and the need to sleep. It's because you need to rest. I know there's a lot that's on your plate. I know that there's a lot of things that you're struggling with and there's just so much that you have to get done. You're like, I don't have time to rest. If you lean into God, he will show you time for rest. And when he shows you, take it. Because those moments can come and go so quickly. And Satan and the world and everyone else is going to try and take those moments away from you. There's an illustration that I used to use, but I can't really use it much anymore. Is I would normally use the president in this illustration, but some of you would cancel on him. That was supposed to be funny. I know, it's a bad joke. I get it. Um, if, If your favorite celebrity... If someone's super important to you that you've not seen before and they scheduled a time for you, they said, hey, I'm going to come on this day. What time are you free? And you tell them what time you're free, right? You're probably going to make time because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for you. And so you make time for them. 
whether it is the president or whether it's whatever, you know, you make time for them. And they come. First off, are you going to keep that time? Or is someone, something else in your life or someone else in your life going to take that time away from you? Probably not. You're going to make sure that you plan around everything that goes to that one moment where you spend an hour or two with, with your person that you, it's on your bucket list. I want to meet this person. Right? I want to talk to them. I want to see where they got. They were so successful. I want to see if someone's family gathering comes up and you have this. It'd be a little bit hard, but maybe you would still say, well, you know, like, I see from a family all the time, so this is a special moment. And we would do that for them, but oftentimes we don't do it for God. We say, well, God will still be there. He's always with me. God desires to have time with you. And if you keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off, he'll stop asking for time. He'll start, stop begging you for time. Eventually, he'll be like, you know what? I see you're busy. You don't have to spend time with me. You go live your life however you want because he gave us free will. That's a dangerous place to be in. It's a dangerous game to play. Instead, come to God amidst all of the responsibilities and stresses of your life. Sit down at his feet and say, Lord, I'm here right now. No phone call, no text. Nothing is going to separate you from me in this moment because this is dedicated to you. And when you rest in his presence, you won't just rest, you'll recharge. With these little devices that we carry with us, if I take this and I rest it on here, eventually the battery will die. It, it will eventually run out and it will be at 0% and it won't turn on anymore. And so I, I want to even challenge you even further. Don't just rest because oftentimes this is what we do. We go throughout our day. We have all the notifications. We have all of our responsibilities. And then we're like, okay, I'm going to bed and I'm resting. And then we pick it back up and we're at 50% starting the new day. And we, and we go and we go and go and we run and run, 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 run. And then we rest because that's just what we do at nighttime. The way that you get recharged is if you put your attention on God, that you plan time with God and you rest in his presence because that's like putting the power cable into this so that you recharge. It's a need for you every single day. And so I encourage you, get a physical Bible or a journaling Bible. Or if you have a Bible like this where there's not really room for notes because you got the extra large print like I did so I could see it for the rest of my life, then buy a journal to supplement it. Buy a journal to go with it. Keep notes. Journal your prayers. And most importantly, spend time with him this holiday season. Heavenly Father and gracious God, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. 
Lord, I pray that you continue to encourage us to, to read your word and to spend time with you. Lord, let us never get to the place to where we are too busy for you. Open up our hearts and our minds to see the time that you actually have given us, the time that you've given us to spend with you. Lord, help us see the, the time wasters in our life that we could instead be doing your work or spending time with you in prayer and studying your word. And help us to have a holiday season this season that's not stressful, that doesn't leave us anxious or worried, but instead leaves us feeling happy, joyful, peaceful, hopeful, and full of love. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.